Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle, the Christian girl's guide to modern dating. We're here to help you date with confidence while honoring the Lord and to show you that your identity and contentment are in Christ. We're going to give you the tools that you need to date successfully and be set up well for success in a godly marriage. If you've ever felt like you didn't really belong with any of the extremes in dating today, well, you're not alone. Neither did we. And that's why we're here looking for the middle. Hello, friends. Welcome to our fourth last episode of the season. Oh, yeah. Have we talked about when the season is ending, like specific I dates don't yet? I think we have. Hold on. Where are we? Today's the. Tw- okay, yes. This is our fourth last episode. We are going all the way through December 16th, will be our Christmas episode. Which, yes. Y'all, we. I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but we have been planning this since what? August? Yeah, probably. July? Yeah. Something like that. So it's, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good one. Also, do we want to tell them about our super fun thing we're doing at Christmas this, I think we this year? Okay. It was your idea. You tell oh, them. Oh, thank you. So we <laughs> are going. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, great. What's the name again? We are doing the 12 days of couch cast. Y'all, it's going to be so fun. It's going to be great. So we were going through our list of couch cast questions and boy there were a lot of them so we which we love yes like keep sending them yes we love having a big list get to your questions exactly so we thought why don't we do a couch cast every single day in the 12 days leading up to christmas and that way because we're going to go on a little bit of a break after christmas like we normally do it's not shocking we're not leaving y'all don't freak out (laughs) yeah but that if you don't get to listen to them all as they come out that gives you some content to hold you over until we come back and it's just going to be a really fun way for us to answer y'all's questions and kind of rapid fire. Yeah. Uh, way. So. We're super excited. It's going to be great. So stay tuned for that. That will start on. Well, Christmas the, is on the 25th. Tw- so. 13th. <laughs> I'm bad at math. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Oh, no. It started on the 14th if we end on christmas day oh well no i think the 12 days of christmas is like a countdown to christmas oh so So i think it should end on the 24th on christmas eve that's true y'all are probably not gonna listen on christmas anyways because you're gonna be with your family yes that yeah so we'll start on the 13th which is a sunday which is a sunday which is perfect okay cool and then we will go from there so yes it's gonna be great y'all okay so now that we have the super fun stuff out of the way let me just run over our usual reminders if you haven't signed up for our newsletter yet make sure you go do that we send that out every thursday after the episode on wednesday so it's got resources that are pertinent to the episode pertinent why can't i say pertinent pertinent not a word that comes up every day i guess but pertinent to dating in general just stuff that we found helpful books blog posts videos other podcasts other episodes of our podcast that kind of relate to the the topic at hand. So if you haven't signed up for that already, make sure you do. You can do it through the link in our Instagram bio or on our website, lookingforthemiddle.com. There's a tab up at the top that is newsletter sign up. So make sure you do that. And then make sure you do follow us on Instagram too, LFTM underscore podcast. We love hanging out with you guys there. We get a lot of ideas from y'all. We love hearing your questions and hearing your thoughts. So if you have ideas, make sure you go to the link in our bio there too. We have a whole like episode submission little button. You can send us stuff there too. But I do want to point out one thing. That form is completely anonymous. Y'all don't put in an email address. You don't put your name, nothing. So, which is good. Like we won't know. But at the same time, we've gotten several things on there where someone was like sending us a question and we could like they needed a response to it it was more like detailed than a like an episode idea but we don't have any way of getting in touch with 
them. So if you are one of those people who sent us a specific question and wanted a response, email it to us and we would love to respond to you. We just haven't been able to because we don't know who sent them to us. Okay. Enough about that. One other thing. Um, I know you guys all love Jared's episode last week for our Mintel all, but what you may not totally realize is that, that we have about probably like 30 more minutes of that interview than we were able to put in the episode. So we have released that entire thing on Patreon. So if you want to join us over there and support the show, you can get the whole rest of that content and all content going forward early. But yeah, those other 30 minutes were really good. So if you want to check that out, it's only $2 a month to get that. And it will be great. And you get an extra couch cast a month True. if you go that route too, which is a fun, we're just giving you all kinds of couch casts. <laughs> it's going to be great. Okay. My question of the day. Before we do that, I feel like that's always our caveat before we do everything. Let's do something else. But <laughs> y'all, today is Melanie's birthday, which oh, if yes. y'all have been around for a while, y'all know Melanie, Bethany's sister, my best friend of 15 years now. She's been on what, two episodes now? Or three. I feel like it's more than that. Three. Probably three or four. Three or four. <laughs> well, no, because she's been on two when each of us were gone. Then she had her episode with Trey. Is there one more? I think she did her one with Lynn's, too. We did one with oh, all yeah. four so of us. Oh, yeah. So she's been on four. We're going to record another one over Christmas yes. with her for next season. But it's her birthday. So we'll put something on our social media where y'all can go wish her yes. a happy birthday. We won't sing though. Because no, we won't. But Mel, I know you're listening. So happy <laughs> birthday. Surprise. We love you. Yes, we love you. Okay. Question of the day. Since yes. tomorrow is Thanksgiving. Okay. My, um, let me set the, set the stage Ooh, for the question. Okay. So dramatic. every year, my family has a tradition where we have a tablecloth. Okay. And we stamp the tablecloth with a fall or Thanksgiving related shape. So like a leaf or a pumpkin or a turkey or something like on the, like we do paint stamps like on the tablecloth. So it's like a paper tablecloth or it's like plastic? a plastic-ish okay, kind of. Okay. So yeah. it's not like grandma's lace and you're oh, like no, stamping. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> like, no, no, no. That's what I was picturing at first. And I was like, no, it's not that fancy. Okay. Um, But we've been doing this since... I mean, I was in middle school. Yeah. And we do the number of stamps corresponds with the number of people that will be at Thanksgiving. Okay. The meal. And everyone has to write something on one of the shapes oh. with something they're thankful for that happened that year. So okay. none of the when my family and health and <laughs> friends and Jesus yeah. and, you know, what is something specific that happened that year? So in that same vein, what is something that you are thankful for that happened this, this year? year? Um, I did not prepare you for you this. You did not. <laughs> and what, what a year to ask this question. I know. That's why I thought it was really important that we really did. It is really good. I think... I think this is a really good question, first of all. Okay. Like, Thank you. Because this year has been a doozy. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's good. Like, it's so easy, especially on, like, social media. It's like, oh, 2020 is the worst. And trust me, I've said that, like, several times. It's fine. But if you don't take the time to intentionally, there's my favorite word, stop and say, okay, but what are the good things? Look for those good things. Um, then it's really easy to just write the whole thing off as a loss, which is not true. So... I do think one thing that I am thankful for and go with me here okay, was like back in March and April when we were literally quarantined in our homes and you couldn't go anywhere and you couldn't do anything. The entire pace of life radically changed and 
I've always been, I'm a super busy person and I always have tons of stuff going on. And for that to all stop in an instant, it was very eye-opening to the things that you think are important that aren't really. And I'm not trying to be cliche, but like, it can be little things of like, oh, like we're really into sports and like March Madness was gone and all the sports were gone. And since they've come back, I watch Clemson football, but I haven't really watched anything else because it doesn't really matter. Um, And so really seeing the things that matter and the things that don't from the standpoint of just pace of life. And then also seeing that you need that slowdown. That was so valuable. The time that I had there, I mean, I had time like for extended like Bible reading every day. Now, I did that, but I don't want it to sound like that's all I did. I mean, this is not some holier-than-thou thing. So you I watched all the Marvel movies, too? I was going to say, too, so. I watched plenty of, you know, everything that you can think of, too. But I'm just saying, like, normally I wouldn't have these big chunks of time every day to read my Bible or to, like, go on drives. That was my saving grace. My The thing that kept me sane was just to go on a drive. And, like, the time you have to pray when you're doing that. So I think just having my eyes open to that pace of life and then really being able to kind of maintain it a little bit more since then has been something that I'm really thankful for. And that was a really long answer. I am so sorry. No, that's a great (laughs) answer. I think that's, that's, yes, all the things. I agree (laughs) with all of that. I would say mine kind of goes along with yours, but the way... And part, I told Bethany, I'm like, my answer sounds kind of spiritual. And not that you don't <laughs> want it to be, but I don't want to be, you know, oh, let me be the cliche Christian girl and give yeah. y'all something. But hashtag blessed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gosh, exactly. <laughs> but I am grateful for the ways that God has worked and shown up unexpectedly this mm. year in my life. Because there are several moments or or situations that I can point to over the course of this year that I was either not expecting at all or I was expecting the worst. Mm. And to see how he worked things out the way that I never would have thought or never would have even been able to dream up on my own has been really cool. Like I think about my birthday uh-huh. happened right at the beginning of quarantine and y'all selfishly I was so <laughs> devastated when they called that quarantine I'm like I'm not gonna be able to do anything or see anybody on my birthday when you stuck at home alone and it was the best day like I I got up Lauren had decorated our Aww. dining room like with all the birthday stuff Bethany and Lindsay brought me Chick-fil-a and we got to have a picnic I got to still see my family I got my tiramisu from Olive Garden <laughs> takeout um and I got to be with all these people that I really love and care about and I wasn't expecting to be able to do mm. that but it made it kind of what you were saying you appreciate it more when either it's totally taken from you or when you think it's going to yeah. be. I think those reminders of, hey, let's be grateful for this, for things we've taken for granted, or let's be grateful for the ways that God's showing up when we weren't expecting him to do what he's done. So yeah. I could go into a lot of other examples. I won't bore y'all with that. That's not the episode that we're doing, but that's kind of my answer. It's almost like it reinforces your hope in him. 
Yes, mm. my hope. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I'm going to, maybe. We <laughs> I'm s- looking at a sign in her room that I says know, hope there's right now. There's a giant now. sign over my desk that says hope for my word of the year. We need to do, you that could be. You need to put a, a little 2020 on the bottom I of do. this thing on your wall here. I need to. We need to do, that could be something we do over our episode break is do like a recap of our word oh, of the yeah. year like introduce ours for next year there you go okay we'll write that down yeah we w- better or we'll forget <laughs> yes we will okay wow what an intro i know this episode's like half over I we know. haven't even talked about anything no, not no, not y'all, really y'all know this it's one may not be a little bit of a i'm not even gonna say oh this one will be short this one may be a little bit of a longer which, one which you know if bethany says it's long you know it's gonna know. be long i have a lot of words oh my gosh <laughs> yes so this episode we this is another one that y'all voted on on instagram mm-hmm and i think this was in the finals i think it was yeah i think it was and we are very excited about this episode but we also realize there's a level of responsibility that comes Mm -hmm. with it because we said before we hit record like this is not for us to be snarky this is not for us to get bitter and be not a vent session no not at all this is an open letter to the church on singleness from us we realize we're not speaking for all single people that was the original title was an open letter to the church from single people we don't represent all single people Mm -mm. so we're not going to do that but our open letter on singleness to the church things things we wish they knew knew. and would take into consideration as they continue to minister to the body of christ well and and things that we appreciate and that they do well it's not solely a Hey, you do all negative this wrong. thing yeah. at all. And it's not like Kristen said, we're not coming at this from a place of bitterness um, or resentment or anything like that. It's just like we have, however big or small it may be, we have a platform to be able to talk about this. And so we want to use that well and to, you know, move this cause forward of, like you said, ministering to single people well in your church, because as the culture and the dating ways have shifted, the ministry ministry needs that some people have when it comes to being single are different. But I don't know that the church has changed all that much to keep up with that difference in the culture and the way dating and the pursuit of marriage are shaping up. I would totally agree. So with that in mind, our kind of overarching theme I guess of this episode or kind of what we're looking for was really embodied well in a conversation I had with Jared from Mm -hmm. last week's episode we were debriefing in his office (laughs) after we had finished recording and he was telling me we were just talking about singleness and dating right now and he looked at me and he said Kristen I can't even imagine how hard this must be for you and there was this little part of me I'm like do not cry in your boss's office Kristen (laughs) do not cry in your boss's office um but just hearing that I don't think we hear that enough no and I think there are a lot of really well-intentioned people in the church who are wanting to help us not be single anymore because they know we want that Uh they know we want to be married and so they kick into high gear of how can I fix this? How can I help them get what they want? How can I move them towards their goal instead of just taking the time to say, hey, I can't imagine how hard this yeah. is for you. And I remember, I remember, I don't, I don't know if I've really talked about this very much on the podcast, but last year my dad lost his job and totally unexpected, totally out of the blue. And I was talking with my mom and my high school principal, actually, who... <laughs> 
ended up hiring my dad that's oh, what that's he funny. works at the school now but at the time we were just kind of telling her what had happened because she hadn't heard and all she said was gosh i'm so sorry i that is really awful i hate yeah. that for you no like oh he'll land on his feet oh he'll do great he's so wonderful you know and my mom came back and was like that was so refreshing to just hear somebody empathize or sympathize mm-hmm. even if they don't understand just to offer that hey i'm i so sorry i get it that's mm-hmm. got to be hard i can't imagine how yeah. hard this is for you and that's what i think single people need to hear more from the church and that is really fueling a lot of what we're going to say in this episode is we we get that y'all want to help us and that <laughs> we make it really clear that we want to be married we're not hiding that we're not ashamed of that desire but also sometimes it's just nice for someone to kind of put their arm around you and say hey i get it yeah, and it's not that that's what we're looking for. Just, hey, I get it. Is I, I know this is hard and just acknowledge it. We're not looking for pity. We're not looking for oh, you poor single people. In fact, we would like less of that. Mm-hmm. But yep. it's it's just an acknowledgement of like, hey, I know this is a difficult thing. Not because a lot of times what people will say and it's so well-intentioned, but it's people who have been married for 30 years who say, "Oh, well, all you need to do is this." And the the problem with that is that dating in 2020 is so radically different than it was in 1990 or the 80s. My parents got married in the 80s. And so to say, oh, all you need to do is this says, well, why aren't you doing more? But then the things they're telling you to do are completely irrelevant, but they don't know. And that's the thing. I know it's well-intentioned. I know it's a genuine desire to help but it's not helpful information a lot of times and so I mean I can't tell you how many conversations we've had I mean even just talking with Jared last week off the air there were things that he was like wait you you have to do what or it's like how and I can't wait we did we never did that like you have to we're talking about like oh just talking you know as as like a stage of a relationship now and then that wasn't a thing and so just different things like we've talked to so many people and they're like, I had no idea. I, like it's totally different. And so just that empathy of saying, hey, I don't fully understand this, but I know this has to be hard. I know this has to be difficult. And just and that's all it has to be. Mm-hmm. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to dwell on that. Just an acknowledgement that we're, we're working on it, but it's a difficult uphill task. Yeah. So I think that. If you can, as you're listening to this episode, keep that in the forefront of your mind of we're, again, we're not going to say any of this out of a, hey, let's tell the church what they're doing wrong. We're, we want change. We want, I want the girls that are in high school right now, by the time they get up to college and beyond and they're dating, that the church has grown in its ability to minister to them and to help them grow, whether they get married at 22, like Mm -hmm. they hope they do, or whether they get married at 42, like they didn't expect. Yeah. And that's our goal here. We want to bring these things to light so that change can take place. Yes. Not just so we can sit here and moan and groan about exactly the things we wish was different. We're different. Yes. Why I can't have subject <laughs> verb agreement recently is beyond yeah. me. Yeah. And this is really just more of an encouragement to the church to look at this and take it into account as opposed to 
woe is us woe are us now i'm having See, trouble there you go it's not to say woe is me but <laughs> it's not meant to be that this is not please take pity on us and our horrible lot in life it's just here are things that we encounter here are things that are helpful here are things that aren't and we'd really like for you to take that into account take exactly. it under advisement exactly yeah okay so we have a list here as <laughs> We do so often. So we're going to start through those. And we wanted to start with the positive things because our culture as a whole is attacking the family and marriage. And so because of that, we are so thankful that the church holds marriage in high regard for the most part. Most churches view marriage as a covenant, as a lifetime commitment, as it should be. And we so appreciate that. And we understand the focus on that in church because that is what is under attack currently. That is something that needs a lot of attention so that Christian marriages are setting the example. They are showing the world the gospel. They are showing the world what love looks like. And so we so appreciate that churches hold that up as something that's important. That's a really good thing. Exactly. And I would rather them hold it so high that that's what they're pushing us towards with everything in them than not valuing it the way they should. And then it's been like, oh, yeah, live it up, whatever, you're fine, <laughs> you know. And I know that's kind of, it sounds like a catch-22, uh-huh. but we do really, we don't take that for granted yeah. because that's not our culture. And that's mm-hmm. not, when you walk out of the church and out of Christian circles, that's not the messaging you're getting. And so I think that to be corny, the looking for the middle here mm-hmm. is yes, we want to hold marriage in high regard, but we also want to help the single people live their lives as single people to become more like Christ because marriage is not promised. So it's not just a, Hey, do whatever you want and live however you feel like it because you're single, like the world says, but it's also not marriage is the end all be all. And this is your goal as a Christian. Like your goal as a Christian is to become more like Christ. Right. And so there is that middle ground. We feel like where you're not compromising your stance on scripture and what the Lord has to say about how you're going to live your life, but also realizing what the true focus and goal is. Yes. We also appreciate that the heart behind the church wanting to be married is a good one. We, we do want to be married. Like you were saying, we, we make that known and we appreciate that most people in the church want everyone else to be married too, because they're married and happy and they are in a great relationship and they want that for the single people. And so we so appreciate that because if all everyone ever told us was no marriage is awful and you don't want to get married, well then that wouldn't be very helpful. And so we appreciate that the heart behind that, I think the implementation of that heart attitude is where we get a little wonky sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I think there's a balance of, I feel like you you come across not all married people in the church. And that's another thing, real quick caveat. We are not saying all of this because every single church and every single person within the church uh, doesn't 
do the things we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so let me just, this is not a blanket statement. I get on to my dad all the time because he <laughs> is one of extremes. And I'm like, no, not everybody falls into yep. the, the camp there. So keep that in mind. But I feel like a lot of people fall into one of two camps when it comes to talking about marriage in the church either oh my gosh, it's so great. And we're just so happy. And this is wonderful. And everything, you know, the social media highlight reel is just flowing and all this <laughs> stuff. Or it's the people like we talk about that say, oh, marriage is so hard. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's a sacrifice. And it is what, <laughs> all of that can be true at the same time. Mm-hmm. We like talking to the people who are willing to acknowledge that both things are mm-hmm. part of your marriage and that it, there are seasons to your marriage. There are ups and downs. There is a reality to it, not just a, oh, this is going to be super difficult and so sanctifying, but you're going (laughs) to suffer through it. Or, oh, it's just the best thing on the planet and you'll never be upset a day in your life. Like, no, we, again, extremes. So like Bethany was saying, the implementation gets a little wonky when people kind of lean over to that first camp of, oh, we just want you to be married so bad because it's so great. We know it's great, but we also... I think, correct me if I'm wrong Uh here, I think one of the plagues in our generation (laughs) of dating is that we have a very idealistic view of marriage Mm -hmm. in Christian dating. Yes. And so it's really helpful when you as a married person can give us a realistic viewpoint of marriage of, hey, yeah, a lot of it is really great. Talking to Jared last week. Yeah. Are there ups and downs? Have we gone through tough times? Yes. Does it bring you closer? Absolutely. But it's not sweeping those under the rug and refusing to talk about those things. So I think if you can really just be real and yeah. vulnerable, I know that's a very overused word in our, you know, Christian community, but if you can talk about both sides mm-hmm. of it, I think that one, our perception will be shaped in a better way of what we're wanting and hoping Mm -hmm. for and praying for. But also it's going to really help us communicate with you better about that desire to be married. Mm -hmm. So something to keep in mind. Yes. One other thing I'll say too, that I'm really grateful for that the church does, particularly with pastors or preachers, pastors who are speaking, however you want to say that, (laughs) When the pastor is speaking and he is mindful that as he's speaking, his entire congregation that's listening are not all married. Mm -hmm. When there are single people in those rows or pews or chairs, whatever you use. I love when I am sitting and listening to a pastor and he's giving examples and I can apply them to my life. And it's not just, oh, around your marriage or oh if your spouse did this or if your kids do that or whatever and I'm like well where does that leave me Mm because I don't have either of those things yeah a lot of times you're either left thinking okay well this doesn't apply to me at all because I'm not married or you're sitting there trying to do the mental gymnastics a little of like okay so what would this look like in my life how would this apply here what situation and you're like trying to focus on what he's saying but trying to figure out that last thing too and so yeah just broadening those analogies is so helpful 
Yeah. And because you think the pastor's job is to shepherd his flock. Mm -hmm. And yes, sheep may all look the same to us, but I guarantee you, if you talk to an actual shepherd, they're all very different and they have different personalities. And some of them like to wander off a little more than others. And some, (laughs) you know, are a little slower (laughs) at the end, you know, and that's okay. But he takes the time and attention to shepherd those sheep Mm -hmm. in a way that keeps them close to him and the, and ultimately, pointing them to christ so yeah and this is not a request to be catered to it's Mm -mm. just a request to be included a little bit more yeah exactly that's a great way to put it because i think as a teacher of god's word the the easier that you can make it for your congregation and the people who are listening to you to grab hold of the and truth that you're sharing it. and run with it the more likely they are going to do so yeah if you have a single person in your church and you're talking about how the the verse you're talking about today applies to oh the wife who's doing this or the the dad who's with this or the child whatever and they're like well what do i do yeah how do i take this oh, i guess this isn't for me so i don't really need to worry about it right now instead of being like oh no and if you know you're doing and you don't even have to call a single you can just say like if you're a woman who blah 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 blah. if you're a man who something and it has nothing to do with your family situation uh-huh. that is so critical mm-hmm. i think in the way that you're communicating and teaching your congregation yeah there's a lot we appreciate about the church there's a lot of things that are positive we are not like i said angry at the church at all we love our churches we love the church as a whole and because of that we want to see it be the best that it can be for the betterment of its people in molding them into the image of christ but then also for the glory of god and so that you know that's our motivation here and so those are the things it's not an exhaustive list that but those are the things that we really appreciate in the church so when it comes to singleness and data i know specific yeah i know you you meant that that, but just like there's a lot more we do but when it comes to this specific topic those are the things we wanted very true yes no 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 so as we move through the rest of this list then keep those things in mind because the rest of them are things like hey we wish this was different or hey this is not the greatest and so just keep those things in mind as we work through the rest of the list so our next point is that we wish the church would not point out the problem of our singleness without offering help with the solution as much as they do. So many times it's like, oh, well, all you have to do is this, or all you have to do is that, or why are none of you getting married, or why are you not dating anyone, or all these things. And it's just like, oh, get your act together, as opposed to, hey, have you tried this, or can we help with that, or what What? What would be good for you that we could help with. It's more of just like, why are you doing this all wrong? A lot of times. Mm-hmm. And people don't literally say that, but that's the impression given of like, it's like, I know I'm single. I know I'm not married. If I could fix it, I would, is how I feel like I need to respond to that. But then on the heels of that, my question is, why is this viewed as a problem that needs to be solved in the first place? Why is me being single problematic? Why is it that there's something wrong? Why do we have to do episodes like a few weeks ago of answering that question of, is there something wrong with me? Because sure, we feel that from guys who don't want to go out with us anymore. But you also get that impression from the church that there's something wrong with you that you're not married. If you were just different or better or whatever, then you would be married. And that, that 
that perception is given freely, but help with the solution to it is not as much. Yeah, and I think that there's there's a heavier weight added to this quote-unquote problem than is necessary. So mm-hmm. I think that there is a, a higher level of significance put on, oh, you're single? Let's, let's get mm-hmm. you married. And it's like, mm, you know, there's more to life than that. Yeah. Also, newsflash, marriage won't exist when we get to heaven. So this isn't (laughs) like you're setting me up for eternity here. Like this is a, and again, y'all know I want to be married just as much as the next person. So this is not me downplaying the greatness and the desire of it. But I do think it's elevated sometimes higher than it needs to be. And again, like Bethany said, we need the church as single people. We need community we need discipleship we need teaching we need accountability we need all of those things i'm so glad you said that and i know i'm kind of cutting you off but i want to throw this in in most churches and i see this in mine a lot too is there's a huge emphasis placed on and rightly so reaching out to widows single moms older people who can't get out these people who are lonely and you want to reach out and be community to them. And I am all for that. But I think a lot of times, because it's not what you would normally think, this group of single 20 and 30 somethings, people don't realize that they fall into that category a lot too. And you can look at the studies and look at the statistics and all of the things that people in our generation are lonelier than just about anyone else because there is this prevalence of social media and the disconnectedness of technology and all of these things. And that's not to say it's a hundred percent someone else's fault. We bear the burden of realizing that disconnecting and making the effort to be that community. And that's why I say so much, like I try to go be community to those other people. And we talk about reaching out to the people who are on the fringe. They may be a different fringe than you are, but reach out to those people. And I think, I think I want the church to realize that our group, yeah, we're single and unattached and we have friends and we go do stuff all the time and whatever it's, that's the perception. But there is a lot of loneliness that comes from being single, but I don't think it's thought of in those terms a lot. I would a hundred percent agree with that. And I think something that can be a misconception too, is that just because someone Like, let's say you have a single girl in your church. She's got a bunch of friends. She seems to have her full calendar all the time, and she's doing stuff with people. That doesn't mean there's depth to any of that. Mm -hmm. And I think that the church has a really unique opportunity to offer depth in relationships and community and things like that that you may not get just because every single one of your weekend nights is filled, you know? Because I think that's something that I have learned – I've always kind of been one of those people. I think you are too. Of mm-hmm. like, I have my friends, but I have my yeah. good friends. Those are the people, and those that's a fewer. It's a fewer bunch. What smaller bunch? Smaller bunch. There we go. Yeah, those are the ones who really know what's going on in my life. Though. Exactly. It, everyone doesn't. Exactly, and not everybody has that. Right. And the people that are like that, I've either met from either a long time, like you and Melanie and mm-hmm. Lindsay, I've known forever. Or from church yeah, are those people. And so you have a really, as the church, you have a really unique opportunity to offer depth and community to these people who may not seem lonely from the outside looking in, uh-huh. but don't, don't confuse 
busyness for a lack of loneliness. Yeah. In that case. Yeah. This is kind of like a sports analogy of like (laughs) the strength of schedule isn't always an indicator of the quality of the team. Mm. You know, just because my calendar is full, I've got a pretty hot, you know, pretty hefty strength of schedule. Like it's constantly moving, but it doesn't mean that it is constantly fulfilling and again, this is, I know that we bear responsibility to find our contentment and our fulfillment in Christ. And trust me, we, we talk about the lot here because we talk about dating a lot, but there's a lot more to, you know, the whole being single picture than just that. Yeah. And I'm so glad you said that. Cause I think that's something that's really maybe easy. Isn't the right word, but it's really, it makes sense to talk about those things. It makes sense to talk about contentment and finding your identity in Christ and things like that to single people because you assume, oh, well, you want to be married and you're not, so you must struggle with being content. Or you really want to be a wife, but your identity is really rooted in Christ, so let's talk about how you make sure that you don't get your identity. Those are very valid things. Those are true. We talk about those. Heck, Bethany and I led a study on finding your identity in Christ. We're very passionate about that topic. And within dating specifically, which is what this podcast is about, those are huge things. Those are huge things that need to be talked about because they are pertinent to that. But we don't, you know, we don't try to say that we're a full service theology station. Mm-hmm. Like we talk a very, about a very specific thing. The church, your church should be that place that offers that wide range of things Because there's so much more to life than dating. Yeah. And specifically when it comes to ministering to women, you've got a whole bunch of stuff you can talk about. Yeah. That's the the most articulate way I can think of. (laughs) A whole bunch of stuff you can talk about. There's my Southern coming out. But we as women in the church, I want to grow my relationship with the Lord and I know that there are other things I need to be working on besides contentment and finding my identity in Christ. And so it's so helpful when you can teach me those other things and focus on those other things too, because the things I'm struggling with aren't just tied to my singleness. I may be getting ahead of myself. No, you're good. That's Bethany's going to talk about that. Okay. But there's more to my life and what I'm walking through and what I'm dealing with than just that. And so to be able to come to church and you to be able to speak into those areas as well is so important. And it's something that I look for. And yes, it's nice for a church to talk about dating from time to time because it's so, you know, not normal, but at least from the, the pulpit or from, you know, a content perspective. Now the people within the church talk about dating a lot. Let me just make that (laughs) distinction. They do. So it's nice to have that, but it, I like knowing that when I go to church that I'm growing as a follower of Jesus. I guess what I'm trying to say is there's more to what we're wanting out of being discipled than just, hey, how do I become a godly wife and mom? Mm -hmm. And let me go ahead and just give you this caveat. (laughs) I think that being a wife and mom is an amazing, incredible, unique role. And it's a gift that I think we as women get to have and to experience I am so looking forward to the day that I get to be a wife and mom I think if that's your highest goal in life I think that's such an admirable goal to have however because that is not guaranteed to all women I think it's really important that the church speaks to women 
in a way that prepares them to be a solid follower of Christ. And then that will equip them to be whatever else they are, a wife, a mom, a sister, a friend, a mentor, whatever roles they fill that are secondary to being a follower of Jesus. Because there's not a, oh, I'm a woman, which means if I'm a Christian, then my goal is to be a godly wife and mom. No, your goal is to be more like Jesus. And then whatever other things happen, go from there. And I think I want to, I'm saying this (laughs) from a very kind perspective, but I do think, and we talked about this last week with Jared and um, biblical manhood Uh and what that looks like and how that seems to be kind of falling down a little bit, I guess, in the church that's harder for us to find. Y'all message us all the time like where are all the godly guys that yeah. are like we don't know <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> if you find them let us know where they're hiding <laughs> um no we realize that there are godly guys out there but they are harder to find yeah and from my perception i think the church is putting a lot of emphasis in women's ministry on how to be a godly wife and a godly mom but I'm not sure that the ministry to the men in the church is focusing just as heavily on being a godly husband and a godly father. And that may be why some of the drop off we're seeing is because that's not as emphasized, whereas it's way held up when it comes to women's ministry. But then the guys are like, oh, here's the theology and here's how you grow in your faith and here are all these topical studies and things like that. And I'm not saying there aren't that for women, but... So much of what we get as women content wise is surrounding those couple of roles. Yeah. And I think even within that, it comes back to three main things, just about every topical type study you go to. And even within like just studying a book, these are the things that people will pull out. Being content in Christ, finding your identity in Christ and not comparing yourself to other people. Mm. Those are the three things that just about everything in women's ministry most of the time comes back to. And those are things that we are more prone to struggle with. And so it needs to be talked about. I'm not negating that at all. But there is more to me, whether I'm single or married, than those things. I wish there was more focus on the deeper theology in the church at large for women's ministry. Because it's not typically. Mm -hmm. Well, and just because... We're not teaching from the pulpit doesn't mean we don't want to be knowledgeable and trained in theology. Absolutely. So I think that there's kind of this assumption of like, oh, the men are the ones that are, you know, speaking from the stage and all this stuff. That's true. But like, I may want to go lead a small group. I may want to go teach a women's class. Raise my children. Yeah. Raise my children. I may want to start a podcast, (laughs) whatever it is. That doesn't mean just because I'm not speaking as a pastor from a stage that does I don't want that kind of training and that kind of information poured into me. Yes, because it, bringing this back to like single specific um, or singleness specific, uh, if all we're taught is single women, and this is a bit of a generalization, but it's not not much. If all we're taught is to be preparing now to be a godly wife and mom. You need to do this so you can be a good wife. You need to do that so you can be a good wife. Don't do this or you'll be a bad wife. Like all of these things, if that's all we're told, do these things and we do them, but then there's no husband, then what? Because we're not promised a spouse. And that's not our ultimate goal. That's not our thing we're working toward. Like you said, that can be one of your highest goals. And that's great. 
but it is always secondary to pursuing Christ. And when all that is focused on is preparing you for marriage, then if that doesn't happen, you have been sorely underprepared for the disappointment of that. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that's, I think that's setting a lot of single women specifically up for a big letdown and then possibly failure in dealing with that. Yeah. Whereas if you flip it and Hey, this whole time I'm prepared, I'm preparing myself to follow Christ and to, you know, bear my cross and yeah. I'll walk with him and follow him, whatever it takes. And I'm learning how to implement the fruits or to show the bear the fruits of the spirit and things like that. Then if I do get married, great. I'm prepared to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, whatever. And, and so much list. of married life, the, the, the bumps in the road are going to come down to, I need to be more loving. I need to be more patient. I need to be more kind to my husband and vice versa. But if all you've been taught growing up is that you need to be submissive and you need to be able to cook and you need to whatever and love, joy, peace, and patience get left by the wayside, it's not really doing you that great of a service once you are married. It is. Y'all know what I'm saying. Like yeah. there, I, th- I wish there was more focus on that of your just a solid Christian walk with the Lord and pursuing that and being more and more conformed to his image. And if that's what you're working towards, any relationship you're in, marriage, parent, friendship, mentor, small group leader, will all be well equipped because of that. It's not something that you have to learn for each segment of your life. Exactly. Okay, that was a long point there talking about, you know, offering help with solutions. But okay, the next one shouldn't take quite as long. And this is something that I missed last week. Man, (laughs) this is something that I've heard a lot. Um, And this a lot of times comes from perplexed married people within your church who don't understand why you're not married. And you hear the sentiment of just pick someone. And... It's almost as if in their mind, if the person is a Christian growing in their faith around your age and single, that there's no reason why you should not be married to them. And it's just, it's not that easy. And like we've said a lot here recently, dating is not really the hard part. Finding someone to date is the difficult part. And so... When this kind of goes back to when you're constantly being told, well, just pick someone, just find someone. These guys just need to ask somebody out or girls just need to go out on dates, all these things and then get married. It's not that simple, but you get back to thinking, okay, what am I doing wrong? If this is these people who are married, like this work for them, they're saying, just pick someone. Then where am I, where am I going wrong with this? And I think some of this goes back to people are getting married later now than they were before in a generation before even most of our parents got married really young. You did kind of just pick someone and grow up together, which is way different than being in your early to mid thirties. And you've been on your own for years and you're trying to navigate that. There's a maturity aspect there that almost creates a little more difficulty a little bit. And so saying just pick someone or just find someone or just don't be so picky or whatever isn't really that helpful if unless a person is just being ridiculously picky about a ton of preferences. Yeah. And Bethany and I were actually talking to somebody a couple of weeks ago and he 
was saying that he was telling us about this guy who inevitably found himself in a situation like this where years ago there was this girl at his church. She was super godly, really strong in her relationship with the Lord. And everybody's like, why don't you just go out with her? Like, well, I don't understand why y'all aren't dating. Well, and he wasn't attracted to her. Well, he gave in and for lack of a better term and they end up getting married, having kids. Now they're, you know, a decade or so down the road and he's had an affair and then had to go back and tell his wife, Hey, I was never attracted to you. And that we talk about all the time, you know, I, I feel like, you know, attraction is downplayed or is it okay that I want to be with somebody I'm attracted to? Absolutely it is. And that's just one example of how this whole mentality of why don't you just pick somebody or why won't you just go out with them? They're a Christian and they're single and they're mm-hmm. only two years older than you. <laughs> There's more to it than that. And if you do choose to force it, they're going to be a couple things repercussions. that, yeah, there are going to be repercussions from that. And we talked recently in a backstage pass about what are the things we're not willing to give up and what we're looking for. And it's okay to have a couple of those. I'm not saying you should have 47 of them, <laughs> but it's okay to have a couple of those and be like, you know what? These are two or three things that I'm not willing to budge from. And if that means I wait a little longer, fine, I'll wait. But the whole, oh, let's just go for it. Just see what, you know, try them. <laughs> or did you, it's not, it seems easy and I get it seems easy, but it's, it's not. And I think that if the married people in the church can, if they say that, come back and be like, okay, help me understand why it's not. From an actual perspective, hey, I'm trying to figure out what it's like. I think there would be a lot of clarification mm-hmm. that would happen. And that's where I have seen the most empathy and encouragement and people I really trust to speak into my life. Those people are the ones that, yes, they've been married for 20, 30 years and they're really happy. They got married when they were super young, but they have built a relationship with me where they are like, okay, tell me what it's like. Yeah. Or help me understand this. Or they're asking me questions to try to understand what it's like to be in my shoes. Not let me tell you how to fix your problem and how to go get married, (laughs) you know? And those are the people that have gotten a really close look into my life and people I trust and go to for advice and counsel because of that posture that they have. The people that are sitting there being like, oh, honey, why aren't you married yet? You seem so great. And be like, well, you don't really know why. So (laughs) yes, there's more. The people who lead with giving the impression that there is something wrong with you. Like what's your deal? You're doing this all wrong that they make it harder on themselves as far as really getting into that deep community because you're immediately put on the defensive and it feels a little judgy. Oh, for sure. Um, I I would take out the little (laughs) personally. (laughs) I, when I've dealt with this before, I feel a little judged. Yeah. But like, Oh, look at her. Mm hmm. So that's now I, I do want to say this is not the norm per se, no, but it is prevalent. Yes, for sure. For sure. Okay. So moving on to our next point of our letter <laughs> is that our single status is not directly correlated to our level of blank <laughs> contentment, yep. maturity, mm-hmm. spirituality, usefulness within the church and within the kingdom none of those things are dependent on whether there is a ring on my left hand or not Mm -hmm. and 
I really want to speak to the contentment one for a second. And if I get too <laughs> venti, I'll, please I'll stop me. Brilliant. Something that I've been told before, and this was years ago, so this wasn't recent, but <laughs> it stuck with me, obviously, Um, is that, you know what, if you, you know, if you're... You just need to be more content in the Lord. If you're single and you haven't found something, that must mean you're just not fully content in your relationship with Christ. And I had to bite my tongue so hard, there was probably a hole in it by the time <laughs> I was done. Because practically, if you think about it, that means that every married Christian was 100% content in Christ when they got married. I can tell you for a fact that that is not true. And that every person who's still single is not yet. Yes. And I think... You can be content and still have desires. Content, but not complacent. Exactly. And you having, having desires is a part of being human. Yeah. And I feel like right now, personally, I am very content in my relationship with the Lord. I love where I'm at. I feel like I'm growing and maturing. Is there all, always more to come? Absolutely. But I really, really want to be married. At the same time, those can coexist. And contentment does not mean without desire. It means you have not elevated a desire above your ability to have that fulfillment come from the Lord first. So are there times when I did, I'm like, oh my gosh, my life would be so much better if I were married. Yes, I'm a sinner. I fall short. There are moments like that. They happen a little more often than I would like them to, but we're, we're working on it. But I still believe that as single people, we can be content and balance our desire for marriage. Another big one, I think, is that my single status is not directly correlated to my level of maturity or spirituality. I am not less mature because I'm not married or I'm not less spiritual because I'm not married and so many times marriage gets held up as this ultimate thing that I'm missing out on some sort of sanctification or I'm missing out on some level of godliness because I'm not married and I have yet to find that in scripture mm-hmm. I, I don't see it backed up but you won't <laughs> <laughs> but this is one that I do that this impression is given most of the time in church that just oh just you just got to get there and once you're married like you've got it all together and it's just really it's a struggle that we have to like actively work to overcome this perception because it's like okay I know this isn't true but these people who are church people who are the ones who are more spiritual and who are you know striving after the Lord, whenever they talk, this is the impression that I get. And that's like, you really have to battle against that. And I guess we battle against that enough in our flesh, in our sin nature on our own. And so my, my encouragement to the church here would be don't heap struggle upon us in this. Mm, That's good. Because we have enough. And I always think about, um, it was probably two years ago now I went to a conference and it was on missions in general. And um, they had a Q&A panel one of the afternoons. And like people had sent in their questions beforehand. And these are like men and speakers who I really respect and admire and really have learned so much from. 
Um, but they're on this panel and the person, you know, they had the questions from ahead of time, like I said. So the guy asks this question and he's talking about missions. And I don't remember if the question was saying my daughter is interested in missions or not, but he was saying, asking these guys, what would you tell your daughter? if she was interested in missions because they were coming at it from the perspective of missions is not just, Oh, let's just go spend a few weeks over and help people with their like surface needs, food, water, what like those are important, but people really need the gospel. And so you want to go and immerse yourself in the community and come from a church that's sending you out and plant a church. And those are like, that's what true mission, like long-term missionary work should be. And I completely agree with that. So they asked the question, well, what would you tell your daughter who, who is interested in missions? And the sole answer to their question was, I would tell her, well, let's just start praying for a husband for you. And then we'll wait. And uh, I am, I still, I, I think about that and I'm like, well, I'm, hmm, I, I understand that you're not going to send this girl overseas to plant a church and preach that we're not saying throw the biblical mandates out the window, but I don't think you can tell me that a single woman who God has given a heart for missions, a heart for a specific country and a place, and she wants to go spread the gospel there that she can't go be useful to that country, to those people and further the kingdom because she's not married. And if your answer to your daughter wanting to, to do that is that, well, well, we'll just wait and pray for you a husband so that then you can go and he can be the one doing that. I don't think that's biblical. And it tells so many women that your usefulness for the kingdom will kick in once you're married. Mm. Because they followed that up with then about like, well, but even if you know that doesn't happen, your highest aim or your highest usefulness as a woman is to evangelize your children. That is your mission field. And I I get that, but to say that that's like the best thing, like where does that leave so many other people, single people or married people who can't have children? Mm -hmm. And it, it just, I mean, it says to them that you, you will be useful for the kingdom. You will be spiritually worth something, spiritually helpful once you're married and once you have children. And I just don't think that's the case. I'm not incomplete because I don't have those things. God doesn't look and say, man, I really wish Bethany could be useful, but we haven't found a husband for her yet. Mm-hmm. Where do you see that pattern in scripture of, okay, wait for your husband and then be helpful and then minister to people. And then you can be an asset to the kingdom, an asset for the gospel. I just don't think that's anywhere in scripture. I don't either. And it's, it's really disheartening. It is to hear I, that because it's so deflating. It is. You, in this instance, I'm at this conference, I'm learning all these things. And after two days of learning about missions and doing all the stuff, it's like, well, if you had a husband, then you could do all these other things we've been talking about for two days. And it's like, okay, like I said, I mean, I'm like, okay, I, I feel this already, but it's just heaping on this idea that you're not helpful as you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. That's, whew. and and what's sad is that's what you remember. I couldn't tell you one other thing yeah. about the conference. Because it totally overshadows everything else. Yep. I don't remember anything after that for sure. I mean, yeah. I just sat there yeah. in complete shock mm-hmm. that that was their answer. Yeah. 
I mean, to thousands of people. I know. Well, and it makes me think of, and I'm not going to remember the name or the passage. So this is, <laughs> y'all bear with me here. Again, that John Piper video yeah. that we listened to. He was talking about, we've mentioned this like the past, I think, three episodes. We've <laughs> about. Um, he was talking about this one particular woman in scripture who, well, he talked about Sarah and Abraham because he was talking about waiting and uh-huh. God's provision and waiting. Well, then you have, he was talking about, I cannot remember her name. <laughs> Dang it. This is going to bug me. Um, this woman in scripture, I'll yeah. find it. And if okay. y'all want to know what it is, then you can DM us and I'll tell you where to go read. But he was saying she got married pretty young, like cultural. So, you know, they got married in their teens. Back yeah. And she was married for, she was married for like 14 years. Something four like years, that. Seven, years, 14, seven, something, something like that. that was single after that until she was 84. He didn't say if she died at 84 or if she got married at 84. Mm. So I'm not sure what happened after that. He wasn't clear. I had never even heard of this woman. Yeah. And y'all, I've been reading my Bible for a very long time. So I was like, <laughs> wow, I missed something. <laughs> but talked about how she did so much for the kingdom in those years after her husband died as a widow. And how God used her as a single woman that's the standard that's straight from scripture it's not oh she had to then wait until she met someone else (laughs) and then she could go do all these things so your ability or your opportunities to be used by god to further his kingdom do not depend on whether you have a husband or not and i know just like bethany was saying we already struggle with this enough Aside from the church of, oh, I'm not enough because I don't have someone or, oh, I'm not this or, oh, I'm not that. And so when the church adds to that, it makes it that much harder. But that is a lie. Well, it corroborates the lie, though, is yeah. the thing. Yeah. We, we combat this lie in our heads, but then the church reinforces it almost subtly, unintentionally, know, unintentionally but they reinforce the lie, which makes it seem a little more true. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So... Again, like we always say, when it comes to battling lies, where do you go? You go to the truth. So you get into God's word. You find verses that tell you, hey, you're, you can be used for the kingdom, regardless of whether you're single or married. Whether you're a man or a woman, it does not. Are there roles? Yes, I'm not throwing that <laughs> out. You know, baby with the bathwater. That's not what whatever. we're, not what we're saying. But... There is a purpose for you and you can be part of God's greater plan to grow his kingdom and to spread the gospel and to draw more people to himself just by being a follower of his. There are no other requirements or qualifications that you have to meet to do that. Well said. Thank you. Okay. Moving on to our next point. And we've kind of talked about, we've alluded to this one in several others. Kind but of spoiled just, it, sorry. No, 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 I didn't mean that. I just wanted, like, we did want to, like, specifically say this, though, because um, we have other struggles than just with our singleness. And a lot of times we get pigeonholed. Um, it's like we're a one-issue voter. Is it too soon? <laughs> yeah. Too soon? Yeah. <laughs> I really hope by the time this airs, the election has been decided. Yeah, for um, real. But it's like, oh, you're single? Well, here, let me talk to you about that 24-7 as far as, like, teaching. Let me, like, let me fix this one thing. Like, this is the only thing that needs to be fixed. One, I don't think it needs to be fixed. 
too. There are other struggles out there, but they get completely swept aside and swept aside. (laughs) I can't talk. They get completely swept aside and forgotten about because it's like you're wearing this huge sign that says, I'm single. Help me. Mm. And that's just not the case. So I don't really have a ton to elaborate on this one. I just wanted to make the point that there are other struggles that we have other than just being single. Yeah, and that's kind of why we were talking about earlier with, particularly as women, we want to learn and hear more than just about what pertains to our singleness. Yes. And that's where the church, I think, can really... Ramp it up. (laughs) Yeah, step up to the plate and offer those things. Another thing that I think, and this may not be as well known of a thing, but as single people, we're not afraid to talk about our marital status. I'm not afraid to talk about the fact that I am single. Talk about, not be pitied for. Yes, that there is a difference. Clarify, yeah. (laughs) And this isn't something that typically we feel embarrassed about. I don't think we should. No. And I think, I think, here's, this came, just came to mind. Let me see if I can make this make sense. (laughs) I think... A lot of married people talk to single people about no longer being single. I don't think married people talk to single people about being single. They don't. I was literally, I was like, okay, when she gets done, I'm going to say something. And it was literally that if you think about when you're in a group of women at your church and maybe most of them are married, half of them are married, whatever it is, they talk about being married and having kids and all this stuff. And they talk to you about, oh, you'll know this one day. Oh, you'll learn this. Oh, you'll figure this out. Oh, just wait till you have kids. You'll see how it is. And all of it's talking to you about how their married life is and how you'll figure that out. I can probably count on half of one hand the number of times, which is tough because there's five fingers. But anyway, (laughs) that's beside the point. I can count on a few fingers the number of times in that situation I have been asked about being single. What are, what is hard about it? What what struggles are you finding with dating? Tell me more about this. And so it's more of a, let me educate you on being married as opposed to how can I empathize with your singleness? Mm Mm-hmm. And that, if I might fall over if someone started, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, great. I'm like, I, I, I didn't bring my notes. I don't know where to start, but this is my one shot. So here we go. Cheer the PowerPoint. Cheer the PowerPoint. No. Now all I'm thinking is Michael Scott. PowerPoint. 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 Oh my gosh. If y'all don't watch The Office, I'm sorry. Hard left turn. Yeah. Oh man. But no, I think that, well, I know that we're okay with talking about it. Yeah. About actually being single. And we're open to talking about it with other people and maybe less about not being single anymore. Yeah. Because we, trust me, we think about that all the time too, (laughs) but that's not something we constantly want to talk about because it's just a reminder that, oh yeah, this is still something we're thinking about. Like this is still a thing. Yeah. So talking about it's fine. We don't need you to feel sorry for us. I guess Mm -hmm. that's the thing. I would love to talk to you about this and- get into it but i don't if you're just gonna be like oh i'm so sorry oh honey i mean no. empathy is one thing sympathy and pity are different than that yeah. if yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. sense our pity sympathy is not as much yeah. anyway and just because <laughs> i feel like this needs to be said maybe it doesn't but we are very aware that we're single this is not something that if you're like well if we don't bring it up maybe they'll forget and it won't be a big deal like okay guys don't bring up that she's single because maybe she won't notice. Like we get it. We are, we know that we are. If you forget to like remind us, we're not going to be like, Oh, 
I knew I was forgetting something today. Mm-hmm. Like we get it and it's fine. So don't, don't feel like you have to tiptoe around us. And it's, I wanted to say that too, because we're saying all of these things about, we want the church to be different or improve on, or here's room for improvement. But we are not saying, oh, tiptoe around us and don't ever talk about being single and whatever. It's more about how you talk about it, how you address it, how you view it is the issue. Not that we just wish no one would acknowledge it. Mm. I wish more people would. Yeah. So that's yeah. a great, that's a good distinction. I'm glad you differentiate yeah. those. And then in that vein, moving on to the next one, married people, if you're listening, girls, if you've sent this to your married friends or church people or whoever, reach out to that single person in your church. And a lot of times I think that's going to need to be your initiative because as a single person, there are very few married people in my church that I would reach out to if I needed something or to go do something. Most of them I just see at church when we're already there. And that's because I don't, I I don't feel like I have that latitude to do that. I feel like you're too busy, you have a family and you just all the time you're busy and I'm an imposition trying to take time from your family. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to take time away from your family. I don't want to take time that should be theirs. And so I'm not going to ask, but we want that community. We want that insight. We want that influence. We want to build community with people who are in different stages of life than we are. And I'm not saying, okay, single people, you're off the hook. You never have to ask or you never have to put forth effort. That's not what I'm saying, but I'm just, I want to point out two married people, reach out to those single people because they will most likely take you up on whatever it is you're wanting to do or talk about or whatever, but they're probably not going to ask you. Mm, That's very true. I know I'm the same way because there is this like, oh, well, they've got kids and they've got this and I, but then if someone were to be like, hey, you want to come over for dinner? I'm like, oh, yes, I would love to. Uh I would love to get to know y'all better and talk and get to know your family. And I've seen a lot of, honestly, I've seen a lot of mentor relationships start Mm -hmm. that way. It's just, Mm -hmm. hey, this couple in their 40s, yeah, they've got kids that are in school and they invited the 26 year old single girl from their church over for dinner and now they're huge voices of wisdom yeah. in her life and I think it's so cool how God does that and how he works those things out so you never know what could come from just that simple act of hey let's ask such and such over for dinner yeah so wrapping up and this is kind of on the tail of what we just talked about but the last thing we want to say in our open letter to the church on singleness <laughs> is that just because we're single and we don't have families of our own doesn't mean we're just sitting around with nothing to do and everything <laughs> extra you would like done at the church or volunteer spaces you need to fill. You need to go straight to all the single people. Usually it's the opposite because, oh, we, our time is only managed by us it's only dependent on us and our schedules so we can just we have that we have a different kind of freedom when it comes to planning our schedules but also I want to make one point here and this may sound kind of cheesy when I say it so (laughs) bear with me but if you are married with children yes that is your family unit and is your blood family you have married you have produced children that is wonderful However, if I'm a single person, just because I don't have that kind of family 
doesn't mean I don't have people in my life who I prioritize like family, Mm -hmm. whether that's my parents, my siblings. I have friends that, I mean, I call Bethany, Lindsay, Melanie, my like adopted older sisters. So like it, they are that close Uh and there are people in my life that might as well be family, even if they're not. And I prioritize my time with them just like I would, or at least similarly to what I would. I don't know what it's like to prioritize my husband and kids yet because I've never been there. But yeah. from my perspective, it's the closest thing. It's the closest thing I have right now. And that's my family. So just because it's not a husband and kids kind of family doesn't disqualify it or doesn't lower the importance of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, it doesn't mean that other things should be placed over it. Like it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be dropped when something else comes along just because they're not your husband and kids. Yeah. Cause I feel like there's I'm like, Oh my, you know, kids got T-ball practice or, Oh, <laughs> yeah. you know, my husband's getting home late tonight. So we're having a late dinner. So we can't, I'm so sorry. No one questions. Right. You're like, Oh, I made f- dinner plans with a couple friends. They're like, Oh, well, can't you reschedule? I'm like, <laughs> No, I can't actually, but thank you for, you know, assuming that I can. Um, And I think part of that perception or part of that, that thought process is because those things that we're doing, those plans that we've made are seen as fun social things. And they are, I'm not saying they're not, but it's what people who are married and have kids and are in the trenches of that, which I know is so hard. So like time consuming, those things that we're doing are what they would go do for fun. What they would do as a break, as an escape, as a ooh super fun treat. We do those things more regularly. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean they're less important. It doesn't mean those people that we're doing those things with, like you said, those are our family. It doesn't mean they're not as important. Those are, that that is our community. Those are the people that we are building time with. And yeah, they don't live with us and they're not, you know, husband and kids, but it's not less than community it's just different exactly exactly and I think that's a good thought to end on that there's a lot about being single that's just different and I'm not trying to make it weird like oh yeah (laughs) y'all are y'all are different you know with the air quotes but it's just different and it's not wrong it's not bad it's not a problem it's just a different way to live your life, a different stage, Mm -hmm. season. As our friend Matt loves to give me a hard time for using that (laughs) word constantly. If I ever get on y'all's nerves with that, sorry, too bad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But it's just different. And I think that if the church could, one, learn to empathize as we are walking through that different stage, and seek to understand so that they can better minister to us and pointing us towards Christ in that, then we can go a long way. Oh, absolutely. I think now, at least this is my impression, is that a lot of times the church shies away from talking about it because they don't know what to say. Like when it comes to just singleness and dating at large, they don't know because it's so different. It's changed so much. And it's like, I don't know what to tell people. So let's not talk about it. But we need you to press in. We need you to acknowledge it and talk about it but then realize that there's more to us and that marriage is not our ultimate goal. It's not the ultimate good necessarily. And I mean, that's why we started this podcast 
because in the church, there is this gap. We've talked about it before. Like there's this gap between you're told growing up, don't date, don't date, don't date. And then, okay, now you're old enough to, but just be friends, like get to know people and be friendly and whatever. And then boom, get married. And it's like whiplash because you're like, what in the world just happened? But there's nothing for that gap in the middle. There's nothing for that dating piece as much of how to do it. What's okay and what isn't? What's acceptable and what's not? And we're not talking about what you should be looking for in a husband solely. Like we're talking about that. Yes. But like there's a theology to dating and there's a theology that applies to dating. And those are the things we hear about more is you know, whether it is sexuality and how that applies to dating, a biblical view of sexuality, whether it's a biblical view of just relationships, we hear about those things and it's like, okay, great. But how do I, how do I implement that theology to the end of actually finding a spouse? And that's just not ever really talked about. And so you have an entire generation of single people in the church who want to honor the Lord and also want to be married, but they have absolutely no idea how to make those two things happen. And that's why we started this because we saw that gap. We saw that, okay, we're not the only people dealing with this. We can't be. So let's speak into that. Let's open that conversation and talk about this is how you date to honor the Lord. And I think if more churches talked about that gap in the middle there, they talk about friendship and relationships and biblically based godly community. And then they talk about, okay, get married. Just pick someone. Why aren't you married? Why is no one asking anyone out? What is going on? And I would put all my money, which isn't that much, but I would put (laughs) all my money on the fact that those things aren't happening is because the church skipped the middle part and said, we're not going to actually teach you how to date. Don't do it like the world. The end. That's about what you hear most of the time when it comes to how to date. And that's why we're here. That is literally why we started this podcast is to fill in that gap and have a conversation of how to practically walk that out. I'm just sitting over here <laughs> nodding. It's fine. i like, yes, Bethany, go. Yes. No, she's exactly right. And so with this episode, with every other episode we put out, that is our goal. We want y'all to know you're not alone, to know that we get it. We're walking this with you and we want to help you. So there's the empathy piece, but there's the advice and the guidance piece too. And that's what we want to see more of in the church. And so we wanted to do our part in, okay, well, we're not a church, but we are part of the big C church. So let's start the conversation. And so we hope that y'all get that from listening to us and to hearing these episodes and to reading things on our social media and all that's, that's the filter we're working through. And we hope that we can continue to do this and to encourage y'all and to help y'all. We love hearing from y'all when y'all message us and you're like, Oh my gosh, thank you so much. It just makes (laughs) our day when we hear that this is helping people. And so that's, that's how we'll end yeah. our letter. So thank y'all so much for joining us today. This was quite the episode. Man, yeah. Y'all, y'all are really hanging in. We've gotten some real long, deep topics recently, but, but it's good. It's and so I think good. This was a needed one. And I would say, guys, if you have relationships and you have friendships and you have people in your church that you think would benefit from this, that you think this might open a conversation with them about some things you're struggling with, feel free to send it to them. Feel free to pass it on and, and let them know that 
this is where you're coming from and kind of open that dialogue. I think that could be really helpful. I 100% agree. So definitely go do that and we'll leave you there. So we will be back on Friday with a couch cast. So be sure to tune in for that. But y'all have a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Enjoy Black Friday if you choose to face the craziness and go shopping. (laughs) And we will talk to y'all soon. But until next time, I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And this is Looking for the Middle. Mm